Nels Flair and this is Founder Coffee. Every two weeks I have coffee with a different founder. We discuss life, passions, learnings, in an intimate talk getting to know the person behind the company. For this fourth episode I talked to Sujan Patel of Mailshake and Pick, Content Marketer, Narrow, Link Texting, Q, Ramp Ventures, Web Profits, Voila Nobert, does this list even end? Sujan is a serial, but even more so a parallel entrepreneur who likes to keep pushing his own limits to the extreme. He knows all about building startups and is a great guy to have a coffee with. Welcome to Founder Coffee. Hi Sujan, uh, great to have you on Founder Coffee. Yeah, hey, thanks for having me. Very, very excited to talk to you. <laughs> me too. Uh, you're, you're founder of a, of a whole bunch of companies. Uh, can you give us the list? Uh, yeah, there's a, there's a bunch. So um, to keep it simple, uh, I'm a managing partner at Ramp Ventures. We mm -hmm. own and we own six SaaS companies. We operate five. Uh, so founder of Mailshake or co-founder of Mailshake and Narrow.io. Mm -hmm. uh, Pick.co, Vala Norbert. Um, there's probably a few I'm forgetting here. Linktexting.com. But yeah, we, mm -hmm. I run a, a couple SaaS companies essentially. Um, and I also run a marketing agency, a mm -hmm. uh, digital marketing agency called Web Profit. So two rep ventures and the agency are two very different businesses. Uh, but yeah, I love, I love helping people and, and, and working on growths. And so I guess I've, I've, I've doubled down over and over. To, to the point where I have, uh, you know, six different things going on. Yeah. How, how, how do you manage all these things at once? Yeah. So, um, it, it's, it's quite difficult to be honest. Um, mm -hmm. but also it's, um, it's, it's also not as bad. So one, one, um, thing I do to help me manage multiple things is that, um, I only focus for every single company um, you'll, you'll notice for our SaaS companies, you'll see a common trend between not the products, but sometimes the industry, but also more importantly, the, uh, the tactics, the strategies, the channels we use okay. to grow, they're all very similar. So that just mm -hmm. means, you know, when we do it once, we master it, we, we figure out a process and we figure out a way to do it over and over again, um, and, and apply it to other companies. So, you know, I'll give you an example, you know, we're working on onboarding improvements for, uh, and, and, and we're also testing a, um, a referral program. We're testing a referral program in one of our companies that's the less risky one, uh, mm -hmm. narrow.io, uh, seeing how that works and, you know, getting people to be, getting people activated. You know, I know the pitfalls. I've set up lots of different referral programs. I know the pitfalls. They usually don't work as well as you want. Most people don't actually do anything and, and whatnot, use the program. So we're going to test it out. And if it mm -hmm. works you know, we can apply it to other companies. You know, Mailshake has 12,000 customers. I definitely won't, I don't want to do any tests on that one because that's risky. Um, yeah. There's a lot of blowback. So when we do things like this, it, it improves our efficiency. Um, and it also improves our effectiveness because we're not, we're not scaling things that we're, you know, we're, that are half-baked ideas. We're scaling things that are proven mm -hmm. and, uh, and we have metrics behind it. So uh, it helps us kind of do our, our, our jobs better. The other thing is, I think working in on multiple projects, multiple businesses, um, switching gears all the time is something that I enjoy doing. Um, mm -hmm. I've always worked in prior to this, uh, 
I, I've, I've worked on the agency side. I had a previous agency. So I was used to kind of switching gears all the time. Um, and so I kind of just got used to it. Even before that, I worked at companies where I was in charge of a marketing channel specifically for multiple products. And so just got used to really moving around. Um, and so I can kind of go into one business for a day, do a bunch of things, you know, that, or, you know, implement a bunch of things that may take a week or two to get data or even get developed and then come back to a week later, you know, to check on what what's happening, how, how it went. Yeah. Is, is Mailshake the bigger one in the portfolio? Yeah. Mailshake's uh, one of the bigger ones, mm -hmm. at least the most notable one. Yeah. Is there any bigger idea behind the portfolio? Um, well, I think the, the, the bigger idea is to, you know, is to buy and grow, um, SaaS companies. Um, mm -hmm. you'll, you know, one, one thing with the portfolio is that, uh, they're, they're kind of an evolution, it's an evolution of over the last three years. So 2015 mm -hmm. started with Mailshake and, uh, and Nero and our goal was, can we even do this, uh, every year, you know, can we even grow a business next year? we proved to ourselves we could it work they grew um so we're like okay let's go let's go do this but we found it obviously it takes a while to build stuff so let's go buy something that's there yeah. bought one tested it can we grow one that we didn't build <laughs> the answer is yes so in 2017 you know we we, we bought norbert and mm -hmm. uh, and and we're, we're growing that it, it, it's grown um over 2x in the you know six seven months we've owned it and whatnot. But so, yeah, the, the theory, the, the concept here is that, uh, we're not necessarily focused on any specific industry, although mm -hmm. I know the sales and marketing space the best. So that kind of naturally we get a lot more stuff in that space. Uh, but yeah, I mean, we're looking at HR, we're looking at kind of really anything and, and, and our mantra or kind of, uh, our mission is, is just to grow, grow companies, um, to get them to size. Yeah. So uh, how did you get into like building, growing, buying SaaS companies? Uh, how did yeah, that so, start? <laughs> so that, that started, um, you know, I've always been infatuated with SaaS and software. Um, mm -hmm. I think uh, when I was running my first agency called Single Grain, um, I, I've worked with lots of different sales, um, not sales, SaaS companies and software companies help them grow. And, um, and I was like, man, I really want to do this. And so mm -hmm. while that, while I was doing my agency, my first one, I was trying to build some stuff on the side that always failed. I went to like startup weekend, found a developer, you know, mm -hmm. try to build an idea, but they were kind of crappy. And the reality is I was just kind of not that good at being a software guy. I was really good at as a marketer. I was good as a top of the funnel guy, but I, you know, I knew how to grow businesses. And so I would always get hired to work on growing businesses like sales. We work with Salesforce, you know, help with crazy egg, Chris Kiss metrics and seeing all these companies kind of grow. I'm like, wow. Meanwhile, <laughs> I'm chugging away and agency margins are not the greatest. An agency no. is a grind, right? I mean, I love it. Uh, you know, doing it very differently this time around, but, um, you're selling hours and time and, 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 uh, and so it's, it, it's fairly difficult to do. And so my, my point being is that I was always envious on the software side. But I tried and failed a couple times. Um, and so I was like, okay, I need to get like some education in this thing. And so I was mm -hmm. like, I sold my agency, um, 
my first one in 2000, end of 2013. I, I had, you know, it's a pretty good runway. And so I was like, I'm going to go get my master's. I'm going to go do nothing. I got mm-hmm. into like the mobile space, built some mobile apps and try to grow, grow those. Uh, was able to grow it. Didn't really make much money off of it. Got some lawsuit due to um, a copyright. <laughs> pretty much I bought a, an app from somebody and uh, they had a copyright issue of the image, of their main image. And uh, they, they failed to mention that in acquisition. I ended up getting a big fat fee with <laughs> <I feel laughs> all my profits, which sucks. But, but anyways, uh, I ended up working and, and going to work for a company called WhenIWork.com as the head of marketing, VP of marketing. Um, and it was a client of mine. And, and so my goal was to, after single grain, to go and do something and learn uh, the software space. Like not learn it, like read about it. I mean like live it, breathe it. And I was like, I'm going to give myself five years. I'm going to go through an exit as an employee. You know, I'm going to take a break from entrepreneurship. And that lasted like maybe six or seven months. Uh, and yeah. that's when uh, I ran into my co-founder. Um, well, ran into my co-founder, Jared from Nero and hunted down my co-founder, Colin from Mailshake. And well, like I found two devs. They both loved, agreed to work with me and we worked together well. And so I was like, well, let me hedge my bets. One of these got to work, right? I have two chances of success now. And I started moonlighting in the software space after I felt like I got really, really comfortable because I knew the marketing side. Mm-hmm. What I didn't know is the customer support, how to, you know, like I, like I knew all the theories, right? I'm not like an idiot. I was reading all this stuff. But like when you get in there and you live it and breathe it, it's very different. Yeah. The sales side, the customer success the operations, the development, all the other stuff that I think are very, very difficult to do and, and are equal parts uh, of running company uh, when compared to marketing. Yeah. Uh, how did you actually get into marketing in the first place? Like uh, you worked for big companies, helping to grow them. How, how did that come about? Yeah. So um, I got into marketing um, through my cousin, Neil Patel. He, uh, he was in high school and I think I was like my first year of college or last year, like summer between college and high school. And he's like, Susan, you got to check out this, like, uh, this SEO thing. And I'm like, what's, what's SEO? Well, first of all, he's like, you got to check out the internet. You can make a lot of money online. I'm like, that sounds like a scam. And then he's like, no, 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 seriously, <laughs> SEO stuff. Um, and I'm like, okay. So yeah, I got into search engine optimization. He was like, I'll show you how to do it. And we should, you know, I don't know. We're, in, we're young kids, right? Uh, it turns out he told me about a lot of stuff around SEO, pointed me in the right direction. Didn't really teach me much. Um, unfortunately, Neil's style of training is putting you in the deep end, which is great Mm -hmm. that I learned the hard way. Um, and so in college I was just doing SEO consulting on uh, part-time instead of getting a part-time job or whatever. And, uh, you know, as, as SEO evolved, I kind of became more of a T-shaped marketer, learned other marketing channels, PPC social media. I mean, I got into SEO before social media existed. Yeah. Right? Like that was kind of the start of, 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 uh, like dig and other things like that. So, uh, so anyways, it was, it was very early on and I kind of just expanded to be in, uh, more of a T-shaped all-rounded marketer. Yeah. So straight from college, you went into having your own agency. Uh, well actually, yes, I was in college when I started single grain, mm-hmm. but it, it, we, we try to do it. It worked well as a part-time college gig, but not so well as a full-time, um, a full-time job or like making a living off of this. So I ended up getting a job, putting kind of on hold, getting mm-hmm. a job at an agency 
and uh, just kind of working my way up from like entry level SEO person to like yeah. head, of, head of SEO, uh, director okay. of SEO, whatever in two yeah. years. And uh, I realized this workforce thing is is not for me. I need to go mm-hmm. to my own stuff. And so I restarted the single grain pro, you know, business and uh, kept going. Yeah. Why, why was the, the work workforce thing not for you? Um, you know, it was, it was one is like, I went from like entry level employee to director level person in two years. And I kind of hacked my way there. I kind of, every, every move I made, I took a leap. Uh, and it, I got lucky at the timing because it was hot. So people were investing into it, but yeah. ultimately I felt like there was a ceiling of how much money I could make. I was making, I was like 22, 23, making well over, well into the six figures. And, um, you know, my bonus was with my bonus and rev share and all that stuff that I had with my job, I was making, I was clearing almost 200 K or if not a little bit more, I forget now, but, um, I was like, I looked at the wages for like what the next two, three levels would be. And they weren't mm-hmm. that much better. And I was like, okay, so I have no college degree cause I dropped out. I could grind this out and kind of work my way up. But all I'm going to be doing is going and doing less marketing and being in more meetings. And the upside isn't even that much greater than what I have now. And I'm 23. Mm-hmm. I can always go back to this if I ever want to. So I was like, I want to make more money. I want to make millions. And you know, at the time I was like, I want, I want to do, I want to make money and I want to do things I like, which is marketing and, and not being in meetings and PowerPoint presentations, which yeah. is what I believe the life of an executive marketing person is uh, at any large company. So anyways, uh, that's what got me into doing my own business. I ended up convincing, crazy story, convincing my day job. Mm-hmm. To, um, they were downsizing and laid off a few people. So I was like, this is a good time to like leave. So I <laughs> to, to, um, to, to be my first client at the agency. And I locked in a year contract with them and also got them to pay me more than my salary. And I was like, look, you guys are laying off people. Um, you've just laid off like four or five people on the market SEO team that I was running. Um, you know, but there's three people left on the team. I could do all the work of all these, not necessarily the people that are on the team, but the people you just let go and myself, and you can de-risk the position and, um, you know, move me to contractor. Uh, I'm on, I want to start an agency anyways. Um, and so, yeah, um, that, that worked really, really well. And yeah. I gave myself a year to either fail or, you know, succeed and, and, and it ended up working out. Yeah. So that, that was kind of to start off on your own. Was that with the intention of, of only growing your own agency or already thinking about products? Uh, at the time I was not thinking about really products. I was thinking more about mm-hmm. uh, what businesses can I get into? So I was like very rudimentary of like, what are the businesses that I can even, um, that I can even start? What do I, what do I have the skill sets for? And, um, and so we did some affiliate, I I was doing affiliate marketing and lead generation sites. And, um, and I was in the travel space. I did a lot of SEO and and marketing for the travel space. Mm -hmm. Oh, maybe we can, you know, work, work with, uh, in the lead gen for insurance and travel. And so I built out some sites and, and they worked pretty well for, for some time. Um, so, so anyways, that was the extent of like my, my product experience. It was like, working and, and promoting someone else's product. Yeah. Cool. And, and, and now with your, uh, with your different startups, are any of those VC funded or are they all bootstrapped? Um, so we're, I'm a partner in Q, Q-U-U.co, mm-hmm. um, And that is a, 
funded startup. Um, can't we haven't raised like a Series A or anything? Still like seed and, and early stage funding. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, so that's the only one. Um, that's also one that we don't run through Vant Ventures, just mm-hmm. because we're we're a partner. There's there's an awesome team that's behind it, um, based in the UK. Yeah, with Daniel Kemper. Yep. Yeah. Is that a conscious choice not to not to uh, raise money? Yeah, absolutely. Um, I've been involved in when I was at when I work as an executive, sitting in board meetings. Um, I've I've worked with lots of different VCs. They actually refer us quite a bit of business, mm-hmm. um, and I've seen you know the insides uh, of a SaaS company um, working with VCs. And realistically, I didn't want to have a job that I was forced to do for ten years. That's how I look at in getting investment. The reason yeah. I say ten years or failure really is that if you're taking $500, $1,000, a million dollars, $20 million, $100 million, whatever it is, the bigger it is, the longer the commitment. Mm-hmm. Um, and VCs don't want to see things do well. They want to see things explode uh, or implode. Uh, and so that means you have to hire fast, you know, grow the team, do things that I think of if you didn't have the money, it would be irresponsible to do the same things. Yeah. Um, I wanted to build something sustainable. Mm-hmm. Uh, and um, so, yeah, we could easily raise money for Mailshake uh, or any other venture, you know, any, any, uh, I could have joined, um, you know, some firms um, as an EIR jumped on as a, as a co-founder of, of a business, but I wanted to, I wanted to have my cake and eat it too. Uh, so mm-hmm. I wanted to make money now. But I also yeah. want to make a lot of money later on a potential exit or as it grows. And so, um, you know, I, I, I figure I've got enough capital to kind of get things off the ground. Um, I'm, you know, for the last few years, I run an agency because that's how I make a living. Um, I don't need to take any money off of SaaS stuff. So I don't, I'm not a burden on the cost. So, yeah. um, so it kind of allows us to, to grow without anything else. And you know, one of the things I realized is that, um, you know, I don't want to take a shot at $1 billion or $100 million or this crazy big company. I mm-hmm. want to take, I don't want to take one shot in 10 years. And then, you know, if you, if I look at my life, I got maybe two, three shots before I'm like, I got to give up on this uh, and, and go do something like a, get a job or whatever. I want to take more than that. I want to get, I want to do it quicker. And, you know, I think doing it quicker means no one kind of telling you what to do. Um, mm-hmm. Obviously, we, we've got some advisors. My partner um, in Rap Ventures is an ex-VC. And um, so he's very, very experienced in, on the capital raising and, and, and that front and exited multiple businesses. But we didn't want to do that, ultimately, because I wanted to be able to, if I see, let's say, we're 30% of our goal for a company and somebody offers us a ridiculous amount of money or even a semi ridiculous amount of money or even a reasonable amount of money. I want to be able to consider that and make my own decision, not have a board or, or, or outside people tell me that I can or cannot do that. Yeah. Well, when you, when you buy a business, um, what is exactly the goal you have in mind when you do that? Like my where do you, is- where do you see yeah, the business goal. going? Yeah, my goal is to, you know, really to try to grow the business. Um, mm-hmm. Ultimately, 
Um, I won't buy a business that I don't think I can grow. Um, I, I want to understand who the customers are. I want to look at how can we make the product better? Um, mm-hmm. Where are the strengths in the product? Um, and so, but, but ultimately, you know, I'm looking at a business and I ask myself, ultimately, can I five to 10 X this business? Yeah. Um, if I can, then I usually dig deeper. Um, you know, looking at the competition, looking at what's out there, um, and, and what, what the strengths and weaknesses are talking to customers. Um, really it's, it's awesome to see this, uh, get this detail and go we, uh, into the weeds on this because it helps me understand more and more businesses and what the strengths are making me better at running my own. Yeah. For those with a, with a small SaaS business out there that might be interested, interested in selling, uh, what kind of businesses are you looking for? Yeah. So we're looking for, you know, really businesses that are somewhere between a hundred K ARR to a million or a few million. Um, Mm -hmm. and, um, want to really want to just, um, grow that, right. They want to, you know, um, they could be in, have to be SaaS, uh, first of all, but they could be in any industry, uh, you know, really want to just make sure that we can, we can grow them. So if anyone uh, out there is, uh, knows anyone are interested, let me know. Cool. <laughs> uh, what 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 uh, business do you spend most of your time on now? Uh, it it ranges. Right now, in the last three months, I've been kind of serving as a customer success person for Mailshake. Um, mm-hmm. I'm kind of known for like going into the different businesses. I'll go and try a rollout. So, for example, we want to test out if customer success is the right hire for us, or should we hire a salesperson? Um, you know. I want to see if we're, we get hundreds of customers, new customers a month um, signing up. I want to see if engaging them actually does anything. I mean, I know, I know obviously it will, you know, how talking to customers is definitely very, very valuable, but do customers want to talk to us? What are the KPIs of this role? Will it move yeah. the needle? Um, all these little nitty gritty details that I think um, um, we're not quite ready for that role, but I, I can serve as that role, you know, Last year, I was doing a lot of the marketing for Mailshake, um, the content marketing we've hired for that. So uh, we're, we're you know pretty much serving as uh, as roles that are potentially coming up, and mm-hmm. I, I learn you know I learn a lot about the, the position move, and then either we'll move on with it or or, or hire somebody um, to to kind of manage that. Um, yeah. You know, but I'm also doing you know onboarding and, and 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 things with other businesses. We've got a really really awesome team, um, mm-hmm. which helps us. Um, helps us execute. So, you know, I'm not in the weeds on building a new, you know, like for example, in Norbert, we're expanding the product to add in a few more, um, add in a few more things, uh, bells and whistles to, to, to what does it, it's fallen behind over the years to some of the competitors. So we're kind of expanding to catch up. I don't need to necessarily be on the day to day of those things, but that was something, you know, myself and, and my partner, Bob worked on three months ago, he's kind of carrying that and I'll kind of, uh, you know, once it's live, now it's my turn to do more of the marketing for it. So, um, I can go in and out of businesses fairly easily. Yeah. Um, and I usually go in and out of businesses on a daily basis. So like I worked on pick yesterday It's you know, we worked on all of the onboarding and some of the, uh, some of, some of the technical stuff to kind of get the, get the email and marketing automation set up. Um, that's going to take two days for my dev to do. 
I'm going to, now I'm going to go back to Mailshake and, and kind of um, move on and do that role. Yeah. So, so you, if I understand it well, you focus very much on experimenting, uh, improving, and then, and then delegating that or. Yeah. Yeah. Um, delegating, um, and also could be just the, uh, um, you know, some cases it's, it's not doing things, choosing mm -hmm. not to do things. So for example, you know, we're, we're working on, um, we, we use the, uh, the ice framework, um, mm -hmm. impact confidence, ease of implementation and, and rating all our ideas. A lot of times we decide not to do things like I already have the product roadmap for the next year, year and a half for Mailshake. I know exactly mm -hmm. what we're going to do and build for Norbert. Some of these things we decided not to do immediately and we, you know, prioritize. And that comes from um, extreme discipline, but also comes from uh, having resource and budget constraints. Um, it forces mm -hmm. you, those two things have leveled me up as a, as a human being as well as a marketer because having those constraints really forces you to think about, oh, is your genius new idea or like the 50 things you could do to grow the company, the best things to do to grow the company um, yeah. or run the company or whatever. I think, you know, as, uh, most marketers and also most founders, um, they get really carried away with the fact that they can do things, but that doesn't necessarily mean you should do things or those are the right things to do. Mm -hmm. And so, um, so I always go through the exercise of like, is this the absolute right? Um, thing to do we usually move that means we usually move slower than most mm -hmm. um and we don't do a lot but that means um we end up executing better you know one of the things i yeah. really believe in uh and i'm not an expert in but i i i you know part of what makes mailshake pick and some of our companies really great is that the ux the, like i'm looking at this as like i'm an end consumer can't is this the easiest, simplest thing to do? Um, and if we can get that right or perfect, then we win because mm -hmm. it doesn't matter if a tool or competitor or whatever has more features, functionality, cheaper, whatever. If ours is the easiest to use, I found that that's going to be the thing that makes people love the tool. AKA yeah. spread the word, stay on as a longer for a customer, all sorts of other things. Mm-hmm. Right. When you look at the different tools you have in your portfolio, the, the common thread is probably ease of use. Yeah, exactly. Ease of use. Um, and, and you, it, it, and they're simple, right? I think, mm -hmm. um, that's kind of our, our ethos of specifically for Mailshake, but really for ramp ventures as well is that we want to make things as easy to use as possible. Mm -hmm. Um, for our demographic. And that means saying no to building out features, saying no to doing things that make things complicated. Um, you know, we get feature requests all the time and it's, you know, I don't want to say no, you know, though, and I never immediately say no, I, I take note. We have a list, but when we go think about how we can go and, you know, I think a lot of customers, I'll give you an example. A lot of customers say, like, we really want to build a CRM. Um, like we want to do everything inside of Mailshake. And I'm like, actually guys, if you did everything inside Mailshake, you're going to be ineffective and you're going to be confused as hell. Um, mm -hmm. And so I'm making, you're telling me, you know, I know customers are, are they want the functionality, but it, it's really, uh, when you try to go and execute it, I'd rather go and integrate with you guys 
because that's what your core functionality is, then try to build that ourselves because we're never going to be uh, a great all-in-one tool. I don't mm. know any great all-in-one tools. If you look at HubSpot, you look at Salesforce, people don't, you don't hear people like, I love that I can do everything in HubSpot. No, they're like, I use HubSpot because I use HubSpot some for leads. I use it for this lead scoring side. I use it here. I'm like, you know, they use it because it does everything, but they don't love it because they, it does everything. No, uh, no. <laughs> and it can't do everything great. I agree. Yeah. It, 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 it tends to make the, the solution very complicated, difficult to navigate. <laughs> and, uh, uh, it has some, obviously some advantages, uh, but it doesn't make it fun or like uh, a joy to use it. Yeah, exactly. Um, and I found that fun and enjoyable to use mm-hmm. is actually the thing that is the marketing engine. So in the, in the early days of, of Mailshake, um, I, 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 I talked to a few customers and, and I was talking to all, all, every single customer I can get my hands on and that would, would be willing to talk to me. And one of the things that somebody said to me, uh, are, we have three different use cases. We have, uh, or like persona, if marketers use it for link building content, you know, whatever, I know that customer, um, mm-hmm. tool is one part of that flow, but the sales audience is probably our biggest segment. And a third was kind of like HR recruiting side of things or PR. It's kind of a hodgepodge of other things, but like it's a, it's an individual as an organization, but, but the salesperson I was talking to somebody who runs like a seven, eight person sales team. And he just signed up it, at the time. He was our first like eight person account and eight user accounts. I got to talk to this guy. Who is this guy? And talked to him and he's like, he told me that he he uses Mailshake even though it doesn't have a lot of the functionality that he needs, um, because he goes and puts the software in front of a salesperson without any explanation or maybe even just like uh, a video that he created, two minute video, they can get it and be effective yeah. immediately. Mm-hmm. And he's like, that is why I love this thing. And he's like, I don't care if this costs twenty bucks or $5,000 a month, you're making eight, seven of my team more productive. And the net gain in, on efficiency is, is in the tens of thousands. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Most people are not really tech savvy, so you need to make it super easy for them to, to become productive. What is it exactly that uh, that gets you in uh, in like flow state? What 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 are the things that keep you going? Um, you know, I get really excited. Like, so I get really excited about doing like getting a win or like seeing the results of of my of of hard work. So, mm-hmm. like, you know, like, so I'll give you an example. And this is this is not even a monetary change or win. Um, we implemented a uh, just this past, you know past Monday, we implemented this, uh, this form came with an idea of when somebody signs up as a, somebody uses Mailshake successfully, uh, well, we had to define what that means. So for us, that means they've sent out one campaign, right? And if you mm-hmm. in order to send a campaign, you kind of need to set up your email, write the email, forget who to contact. There's like five or six things that are involved, right? And, uh, we wanted to survey, like we have 12,000 customers. I don't know I've talked to hundreds and hundreds of them and some of them more intimately than others, actually probably a thousand now, but that's still 11,000 people I haven't talked to. Um, 
Um, mm-hmm. So I was like, what the heck do people use it for? And I know there's like dozens of use cases for it, but I wanted to hear it from people's mouth. Um, and so we implemented this like this uh, forced feedback form um, that's after you send a campaign and um, it asks you like, what are you using MailShake for? And it's like, tell us more so we can make the be- software better for you and you know more tailored and, and whatever, right? And so like we literally, and then we, we also forced every single customer that hasn't like that has sent a campaign ever before um, to, to receive it too. And there's no way to X out of this. So in the first hour, we got 500 people, um, mm-hmm. 500 responses, you know, within the first day we ended up getting like 1300 and now we're pacing at like uh, 2,500. This has been like three days ago. Um, mm-hmm. so it's exciting. First of all, to see all the quantitative as well as qualitative uh, information back from how people are using it. Some people are giving us feature requests. Some people are just saying like, this is what I'm doing. And I integrate with this other company. You know, this is my workflow. Um, and also um, we weren't, you know, one of our metrics, we, a metric we don't really track is like daily active users because uh, I don't care. I look at campaign sent. Um, mm-hmm. And, and um, we look at also number of emails uh, that we send per day. But what I was most excited about this is that like, holy crap, we got a lot of feedback. Um, and also we found out that there's freaking 2,000 people uh, or 1,000, over 1,000 people that log into our product every single day. Mm-hmm. Um, if I were to look at the data and I have, we have tracked this, but uh, it doesn't show those numbers. It doesn't show nearly that high. So I was just excited that this came back. We got feedback, you know, um, for Norbert, another thing that excites me, like Norbert, we increased the conversion by, um, by two X already. Um, or sorry, three X. So, uh, it was exciting to see that the, the movement, that needle go up from, yeah. you know, 1% to 2% to 3%, um, uh, from, from, um, paid to paid to, uh, of, free trial to paid. So those are not the actual numbers, but I'm just giving you random numbers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it was exciting to see all those things. And then, you know, just kind of seeing those numbers. And that's why I like working on multiple companies because uh, while one is kind of maybe struggling, the other ones, like I, I can tinker and, and poke around. Like, you know, I'm really excited because I'm, I'm getting my hands dirty with the referral program again. It's been six, seven months since I've done it. Uh, for one company, I'm working on uh, in-app kind of, personalized workflows for another company and I'm working on customer success for another one, giving people feedback. So like I get gratification in three different ways. Um, and they, I think, you know, but now that I have different mechanisms to get this feedback. Uh, I'm kind of addicted. So, um, yeah. it's fun. You're a really lucky, uh, lucky founder. Uh, I, I think. Yeah. Uh, in terms of, in terms of balancing the, this with your, personal life how does how does that work um yeah so um that's a good question so i think for the longest time um i um i i was trying to find my work-life balance um so you know last two and a half years so we've been doing ramp ventures now for you know it hasn't had the same it hasn't had the name ramp ventures but we've been doing this kind of model for the last um, three years. And mm-hmm. I, would, I can say for the first two and a half years, there was no work-life balance. There was just no work in <laughs> my life and <laughs> try to survive it. Right. And, and I think a lot of this was also due to, um, me having fun doing this too. Right. I found mm-hmm. it truly passionate, but I think 
now we've been able to in the last six months hire, build out the team, hire for the things that my founder, my co-founder and I were doing manually um, or, or ourselves that you know that can be the outsource, including customer support, right? Like that is is another thing that like we've we've now finally been able to get off our plates. Uh, so mm-hmm. then we can proactively reach out. So so now I have a work life balance, and um, you know what I try to do is exercise in the morning. Um, that mm-hmm. by exercise in the morning, um, I wake up early. By the time my true workday starts, mm-hmm. uh, um, I'm usually caught up on emails. I'm not like trying to like go catch up on anything, um, and um, and then focus. Um, and in the evenings, I usually you know clock off around like four, three or four mm-hmm. o'clock. So it's really different, like. Get, signing off 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 work, leaving the office at three or four is really weird for me, mm-hmm. uh, or for it sounds weird for for people. But um, that's because I found that the last few hours of a typical workday, I am completely and utterly useless. Like I'm tired. I'm like browsing Facebook and looking at Amazon, <laughs> just and and texting my wife for what's for dinner and what do we want? What do we want to go? Where do we want to go? Or what do you want to make? Whatever it is, I'm not really focused. And no. so I sign off early, actually come home, or sometimes I kind of just go do something fun. I mean, sometimes I watch a movie, whatever. Um, and I come home, you know, spend time with my wife, family, eat um, dinner. And I kind of back on again after in the evening um, where I have this like less distraction. I've got my one or two hours to get in my zone. And usually in that one or two hours, I'm doing something. I come up with something good. Um, mm-hmm. um, I do things much faster than would have taken me, you know, longer during the workday where there's a lot of kind of distractions. And realistically, my best and most productive days are Sunday mornings. Um, mm-hmm. I wake up early Sunday mornings. I usually knock out one of the biggest, hardest things I have, which helps me and, and then organize kind of what I have going on. Um, and during the weekdays, my goal and my job, my role is really to help my team um, remove hurdles and bottlenecks and make sure that they have everything they need, um, to be successful in their role. So I'm not actually doing a whole lot as an individual contributor during Mm -hmm. those hours. Yeah. Yeah. I saw on Facebook recently that you really start working out. Uh, is that, is that uh, working for you? Does that, Oh yeah. Do you feel a difference in energy? Absolutely. I've got, um, I wake up, I, I work, I wake up earlier, I work harder and, um, and it's all because I actually exercise. Um, and this is, this is not my first time doing this. This is actually my second time. I've actually for the last two years just got distracted and fell mm-hmm. off the wagon of, of eating healthy and, uh, and, uh, and exercising regularly. I was, uh, I was doing it for five years before, but I, I kind of, I moved cities, uh, I moved, you know, time zone cities and started traveling and doing a lot of speaking and do, working much, much harder. So I kind yeah. of was like, you know what? I can stop doing this. And one by one, everything kind of faded away, but like um, exercise has helped me a lot. And I mean, just even like 20 minutes running or like, you know, um, going to the gym, like it, it doesn't matter what you do, like getting mm-hmm. your heart rate up has, has helped me kind of be happier. And it's a, uh, it's, uh, you know, you, you, it's, I, I kind of sound like a little infomercial here, but it's, it's, <laughs> it's, uh, it, it's, it's such a simple thing that works so well. You just have to get your ass out of bed and, or off the couch or office chair and, and do it. 
Yeah, no, I totally agree. I also just started running again two weeks ago. Makes me feel so much better. Yeah. Um, you, you just mentioned you moved cities. Where are you based now? I'm in Austin. Austin, I, Texas. Yep, Austin, Texas. I was from, I'm from LA, lived in San Francisco for five years and then kind of made my way to Austin. Why did you move to Austin? Um, it's a little mini San Francisco. It's a mini little tech area. Lots of good um, food, nightlife. Um, and I like it because it's not always all tech focused. There's probably a lot of non-tech mm -hmm. um, things, music, uh, you know, and, 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 and fun. So I like the work-life balance of the community. Uh, oh, sorry, that's that my surroundings. And, and again, that kind of forces me to be outside of that bubble. I think in San Francisco, you know, I, I love that place. I, I always say like, that's where I grew up. Where I kind of uh, learned my chops, but um, I think you know you kind of live in this bubble. Um, mm -hmm. Everyone's a founder. Everyone's doing something cool, whatever. Um, and, and and so getting out of that and seeing what the rest of the world looks like is is a you know I think more important than anything else. And I yep. you know funny thing is I connected with more people the six to nine months after I left San Francisco than I did the whole time I was there. With and people so, in San Francisco or? With people, yeah, with people in San Francisco. <laughs> I met, I even went and hung out with people more. I had more meetings with people in San Francisco than I did the five years I was there. And yeah. it was because I made a concentrated effort. And when I was there for like, let's say five or six days um, for a conference or speaking or like something, I would make sure I connected with everybody I wanted to connect to. With Whereas when I was there, I'm like, ah, I'm busy right now. I'll do it next month or next week. And that kind of turned into never, um, or just never making, being proactive to connect with mm -hmm. people. And so, yeah. um, over the years, one of my things, uh, I like to do daily. I don't do it every day these days, but usually three, four times a week is connect with someone new or have a meaningful conversation. I remember, you know, uh, a few weeks, a month ago now we had a, we had our, you know, a, a great conversation. Um, mm -hmm. You know, no, no agenda, just to meet each other, get to get to know each other, and uh, you know, I have those types of conversations two, three times a week at least, and and those things have been great because it opens my eyes. I learn, I can share my knowledge, and, and it's a whole lot of fun. Yeah, I'm also learning a lot now during these uh, during these calls. It's really amazing. Um, you, you think Austin is a good place to have your startup? Uh, what what uh, other cool startups are based in Austin? Yeah, um, I think yeah. There, there's Austin's a pretty good place. There's uh, Book in the Box, good uh, startup, Sumo.com, mm -hmm. and and Noah Kagan on there, and that group is here. Yeah. Um, there's Home Away, you know, one of the older startups, Dell, which is not necessarily a startup anymore, <laughs> um, and and some larger companies. But yeah, I mean, there's there's decent amount of startups, um, not as much as you would think. Um, <clears throat> and not always like software businesses. There's, you know, companies like Able or Lo uh, Lawn Starter, like subscription lawn care business. Mm -hmm. It's a very different types of businesses. Um, and, and I think uh, because it's a small community, I think everyone gets, is, is it more intimate? They get to know each other. And, um, and, and so, you know, I've gotten, you know, I have a monthly CMO breakfast we have, you know, there's like five to seven people that attend with all the VPs or executives, uh, executive marketers, uh, in the area. So like, you know, I think my network is, is much, much tighter here. So I don't have as many relationships, but I have a lot more meaningful and, you know, um, <clears throat> um, stronger ones. But, you know, I think I, I used to think, oh, you have to be in a certain area, but you don't, you could be anywhere. I think it's, it's, it's being about 
It's about really going after like who you want to connect with and figuring out how to, how to connect with them. Mm-hmm. And you'll find that it's actually not the location that, uh, that is the hindering, uh, factor. It's, it's either, it's either you or your lack of initiative to, to connect with that person. Mm-hmm. Totally agree. Uh, wrapping up, uh, what's the latest good book you've read and why did you choose to read it? Um, I am reading the book Sapiens. Sapiens, yeah. uh, I don't know why I'm reading it. Um, I'm not, it's, I would say it's interesting. That's an interesting book. I chose to read it because every one of my friends kept telling yeah, me to exactly. check it out. <clears throat> I actually didn't, I was like, Sometimes I blindly take recommendations from books uh, of people I, 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 I um, respect. Mm-hmm. Um, and um, again, like that book is just really interesting learning about humanity and, and human beings and, and whatnot. Uh, I would say the book I, I most recently read that I love is the book Principles by Ray Dalio. Um, he's the guy who kind of, uh, I, I can't even explain what he does, but uh, it's about investing in kind of money management and 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 mm-hmm. whatnot and, and work life. Uh, awesome book, like one of my favorites. Um, but yeah, that those are those are the that's that's the one I would recommend. Yeah, I'll put it on my list. Is there anything you wish you'd have known when you started out? Uh, no, you know why is because even if I knew it, I would make another mistake. <laughs> and I wish I would have. Then I would fast forward to this interview and wish I knew that mistake. So, mm-hmm. uh, you know, I learned all these lessons the hard way and, and, and made all these mistakes. And honestly, that's kind of what made me get to where I am. Um, and so, you know, I, I'm fine with going that, that about over and over again. That's it for this episode of Founder Coffee. We hope you liked it. Let the world know if you did. Thanks for listening, guys. 